breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Now yesterday you talked about you sent an email to all twelve Caddo Parish commissioners mm-hmm. about the upcoming millage proposal. I did. And have you heard back from any of them? Uh, you, we yeah. heard from what, three yesterday? Four? Uh, three. We're now at two, one, two, three, four, five. I think I'm up to six of them now. Really? Yeah. Um, any any of them any of them say and and you ask them, well, t- Tell what you said. Yeah, here's my question to all 12 commissioners. If the millage passes, will you support a measure to add beds at the juvenile justice complex? Will you put a measure on the parish agenda to add more beds? I got something interesting back from um, Todd Hopkins. His answer, no. Okay. Building more pods is the easy part. Putting more maintenance and labor costs on top of the $4.5 million deficit we start with every year makes no sense. In these hard times, the citizens are getting bombarded with taxes, fees, and inflation. Government will never fix our juvenile problem with money. It will take families, clergy, and nonprofits working on this issue. Commissioner Hopkins. Sounds like he's against the millage altogether. That's what it sounds like to me. Um, Interesting. This from Roy Burrell. Um, he said, yes, beds can be strongly considered based on need. This is a flexible millage. I thought the, the incre- need was already illustrated. <clears throat> yeah, I thought that was illustrated with a citizens committee and uh, years the, of the Judge Young and- pounding on your... Excuse me, I'm going to clear my throat. Pardon me, there's a frog up in there or something. He says, this is a flexible millage with the increased juvenile crime since 1958. The last time this millage was increased, we need to try to better manage juvenile incarceration with rehabilitation initiatives, which is also part of the requested millage. Here we go. You ready? The sheriff's office should be challenged to reinvest and support our community social rehab programs for juveniles instead of only incarceration as the only solution. They can use the state-mandated reimbursements it gets from housing state and federal detainees when only the commission bears the cost of all expenses at CCC. That is unfair. Hmm. Okay, let's see. food for thought. There's another. um, Another, if it passes, I will only vote for more beds first and foremost. Um, That's from Grace Ann Blake. Now, Stephen Jackson, who's leaving the commission... He said, this is probably a better question asked of the next commission, commissioner for D3. My term ends 824. I mean, a 1824. He's running for state representative, so he talked about that. Mario Chavez said, if the millage passed, uh, uh, he said yes to both. Uh, he's leaving the commission, though, too. Ed Lazarus, yes, he would, respectfully. Um, I'm trying to figure out. I got, Grace Ann Blake is not for the millage, but said if it passes, she will vote for uh, more beds. Let's see. I'm, try, I'm trying to see if I've got any others that are in here. That's what I'm looking at right now. Um, it doesn't look like it's going to have the votes for more beds. With Todd Hopkins being, you know, one of the conservatives, if mm-hmm. he says no to more beds, there'll be no more beds. Um, so 
for me, it's a no to the millage then. If, if you're immediately saying, I'm not going to use any of the money for more beds, if it passes, um, that beds aren't the answer. That's not what your blue ribbon panel found. Your blue ribbon panel came back to you with, we need more beds. Mm-hmm. So I, did you waste their time? Are they just sitting at home going, what did we do this for? What was the reason we did all this? Stephen Wagespack talked about uh, a facility in South Louisiana. Lake Charles, I think he said, yeah. That uh, he said is doing it right. Is, you know, a lot yeah. of beds, they rehab. They, you can get a GED. You can get mm-hmm. uh, training, mental drug health treatment? issues, yes. drug treatment, you know. Well, fantastic. Where'd that money come from? Local community. That's, yeah. that's what happens and that perhaps they passed a millage for it or a tax bond proposal. I don't know. But, you know, it's something we have to. I don't like locking people up. Who who does? But we it has it's part of the puzzle. But, Aaron, if somebody it's, has demonstrated yes. they do not work or play well with others, you can't keep letting them out. You can't keep letting them out. They and, just grow and become better criminals. Absolutely. Move on to bigger and bigger crimes. And then whose kid are they going to kill next? Whose whose kid will they kill that you will go, wow, we shouldn't have let this person out. And then those people who are complaining about locking up criminals are going, why weren't they in jail? Because you didn't. If they're the victim of crime. And we you know, don't please don't hear us say Y'all don't care about these people. You just want to throw away the key. No, we want them to get rehabilitation. We want them to get help. We want more mental health treatment in our community. But the locking up of the of the criminal is a key component of this whole process. Yep. Talk to police officers when they say we go and we bring them to jail, and they're back out committing crime before we ever get back to the police station. Talk to cops about this. The cops that are rolling on the streets. Dealing with them every dealing single with day. Them over and over yes. and over again. Yes. And then you wonder why we don't, ha- we, we, we can't find cops? You wonder? Why can't we have cops? Why aren't they flocking to become serving and, and protecting the public? Because yeah, they don't feel like just we, just not yeah, enough money. They just don't feel like our governments have their back. Right. And I'm I'm not speaking for all cops, but I'm I know there are some listening that are going preach, preach because I'm I would be sick of it if I keep locking up Jimmy Joe, and two nights later he's back out and I got to go pick him up again. I, I would be frustrated as all. I, I Can heard. Can I say that word? <laughs> okay. Whatever that word is. Yeah. Uh, one one of the political ads that, you know made the point said you know these criminals are out of jail before their victims are out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, that's quite the illustration. Right. Absolutely. That yeah, it's it really is sad and I you know, I want to I want to do the right thing. I'm not anti-tax all the way down the, you know, down the ballot. But I your your citizens committee told you this is what you need. You've heard police officers, you've heard sheriff's deputies, you've heard our law enforcement people, you've heard the judges from juvenile court say we need more beds. And but you yet, say yes based on need? It or, seems the need is there. Or maybe we'll get more beds? Maybe? <laughs> pass it. We're, we got to pass it to see what's in I it. I don't want a fish sandwich. I want a Whopper.
<laughs> Sorry. Uh, we're going to talk with Scott Hughes coming up here in about 20 minutes or so about uh, uh, the goings-on on Capitol Hill and the Republican Party with the Speaker of the House. Familiar name being brought up. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that. Micah McCarty. Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Okay, if if I'm moving a little slowly this morning. You were herding cats, literally. <laughs> You've heard the phrase herding kittens? Oh, Aaron. You're not allowed to do things I, like that anymore. I got home about, you know, a little after five yesterday afternoon. And she, uh, Dina had already said, can you mow the backyard? And I said, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah okay, no problem. I, so I had gotten the mower out, but then she's she's in the front yard and she goes, I haven't seen our, our kittens. We have two little kittens. I don't know. I guess they're eight, eight ten weeks old now. And uh, she goes, I, and they're named Katie and Bud. Okay. After some kids of, of a dear friend of ours, when we were, okay. our kids were all growing up together. Anyway, long story. Um, she goes, I haven't seen Katie in a couple of hours. And we're starting to put them outside now, mm-hmm. letting them go. Because we don't want them to just be inside cats. We right. Do, nobody likes a litter box in the house. <laughs> so I said, she'll come up. She knows where her food bowl is. You right, know, she's yeah. Gonna, she's not going to run off. I do go check the street, though. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, I mean, I just kind of surreptitiously look down the curb and go, okay, no, 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 no little black kitten laying mm-hmm. in the road. Um, but then we hear her under the house. Okay. And... It's like, okay, come on, come on. And her little brother, her brother Bud is running under the house and then mm-hmm. coming back out. And I'm like, go get your sister. Yeah. Well, it's finally apparent she's trapped. Oh, And my. I'm like, crap. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I bought a Tyvek suit a while back for the express purpose of crawling under the house because mm-hmm. I, I had to do something at one time of course i couldn't find it oh no <laughs> i couldn't find it <laughs> so I, I said okay give me a flashlight so i'm aaron i'm i'm not a small man okay and crawling army crawl and not even on my on my hands and knees. You're on your belly. You know, you're doing yeah. that wiggling and just kind of working off your elbows. You do not need to be doing that. I mm. can't believe that wore me out. Because I had to go all the way like to the middle of the, under the house. And then we had our AC replaced a few years ago. So this huge furnace is still under our house. Mm-hmm. And it's got this kind of big fan, which looks like a paddle wheel, a boat, you know, the vintage. Okay. I don't know if you can picture what I'm talking about. Well, the the kitten had climbed up and oh. in this kind of square open area. Well, the, the wheel kind of rolled, so it rolled down. And there's only one side it can get access oh, to this. No. Well, of course, it couldn't climb back out because now the fan is rolling. If it I'm seeing squish climb. kitty. It's not a squish kitty. It wasn't squish okay. because apparently there was enough room for it to. Okay, good. I was worried there for a minute. But I was really going, how the hell am I going to get this thing out of here? 
legs. I'm laying on my side, you know. Oh man! And I'm like, I can't. I I don't. I couldn't see an access point at first. Uh, I was like, how did how how did it get in here? Yeah. And I finally figured it out, and I was able to reach my arm over that wheel. And I just oh. kind of grabbed its head. I was able to reach it and, and just oh, pull it up. But God. it was twenty minutes of my life that I'm like, <laughs> you're just, not you're not cut out for that kind of stuff anymore. Well, I, I'm I'm, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want a job. These plumbers that have to crawl under, or these AC workers yeah. that go under houses and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a reason they're not my age. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doing this job, no doubt. But oh she's my. she's out and safe and she's sound. Okay, good, good. Yeah, no worse for the wear at all. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but it was quite the adventure. But I yeah. can't move. I don't, can't move this morning. Don't do that again. And you had a jump house last yes, night. Yes, I saw. I got to tour the new bounce house that's open. Man, what a cool place! <laughs> Did you take your shoes off? Yeah, you have to. They have special socks. <laughs> No, 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 no. Yes, they have special grippy socks. You have to put somebody else's socks on? No, they're brand new. You get a brand new pair every time you oh, go. Okay. Yeah, okay. they're awesome. I'll and tell then, you about and that. And then you don't, you don't give them back. No, you keep them. Yeah, okay, you so. keep them. They're awesome. They right, come that's with a price. That's yeah, fine. It's cool. Scott Hughes going to join us coming up in about 10 minutes. 101.7 FM. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. Well, Kevin McCarthy, no longer Speaker of the House. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of goings on on Capitol Hill. Uh, the Speaker Pro Tem, how do you say the Pro Tempore? You, you know that? Pro Tem, yeah. Speaker Just Pro, pro tem. tem, yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, the Speaker Pro Tem, he did do something yesterday that made me laugh. He kicked Nancy Pelosi out of her fancy office. Oh, boy. There are a few, they call them hideaways. Yeah. Really luxury offices are, you know, and... and he says, nope, you got to go. <laughs> that was a little too it. soon for me, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a mess uh, up I'm, there. It made me laugh. Scott mm-hmm. Hughes is going to join us coming up right after the break. We're going to talk about that and uh, probably a little more. 1017. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. And on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning, uh, Shreveport political analyst Scott Hughes. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, Mike and Aaron. You're on the road this morning? I am taking care of some business. Yes, I'm driving down in South Louisiana. Well, thank you for uh, taking time to safely pull over and talk with us, telling us what in the world is going on in Washington, D.C. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it's going to depend 100% on your politics. I think for most of America, this is viewed as a very bad thing. Even for most Republicans, this is viewed as a very bad thing. It's actually something we've never seen before. We've had a couple of moments where a speaker got pressed and they resigned. We've had um, one time, I believe, in the history where a speaker vote came up, and that was Representative Cannon over 100 years ago. But that speaker has a building named after them in Washington, the Cannon Office Building. I don't think we're going to see the McCarthy office building. So Matt Gates kind of led the charge. What brought all this on? I, 
I think that this is really no surprise to those of us that had followed Washington. What brought this on is, is that we had, to be honest, if you go all the way back, the Republicans underperformed in the last election cycle. Sure. They were supposed to be a red wave. Right. They were supposed to have a big working majority. When that didn't happen, they ended up with a small little trickle and hit the shore, and they had this five or six vote margin that they're working with in Congress. And when that happens, that means that an ultra minority of the party, in this case, five people can team with the Democrats and prevent anyone from getting the 218 votes. And when that happens, it may, and I think, I think Representative McCarthy um, addressed this last night. He said, you get a situation where 96% of the party is powerless. They're held captive by 4%. And this is one of those weird moments where that happened because you don't expect the Democrats to bail out the Republican speaker. Okay, who is next? We hear a lot of talk, Steve Scalise. Then you hear some folks say, no, he, he doesn't want it because he's battling some health issues right now. You hear uh, Mike Johnson's name was tossed out, Garrett Graves' name, so many names. What happens now? How does one person build a coalition? Well, and I think that's what you're going to see take place over the next week, apparently now. Um, following 9-11, they have a new set of rules, and the existing speaker turns a list in of who would, who could be the speaker pro tem um, if something were to happen. In this case, it's Patrick McHenry from North Carolina. That was the gentleman with the bow tie last night that um, A-plus for, for hammering the gavel. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a gavel hammer like that. But Patrick McHenry will be the speaker pro tem through this process. He is being considered. I think that he does have a lot of respect. Um, I think he he worked a lot apparently on the um, on the budget tap recently bill that came up those negotiations. So he'll be on the list. I think Steve Scalise is on the list. I did actually hear last night that Representative Scalise is making phone calls. I think he does want this. His medical condition has been well documented. He is recovered, um, and I do think that you will see Representative Scalise uh, make a try for this if he does make that try. I think that, that, that blocks out all the other Louisiana representatives um, right now. The other major names you're going to hear are Tom Emmer. Um, Tom is the ma- majority whip right now. That's the person that kind of counts the votes. Um, Scalise is number two in the Republicans right now. Um, he's from Minnesota, Emmer. You have um, Elise um, Stavankic. She's from New-, New York. She currently chairs the uh, Republican um, convention. And then Jim Jordan, a name that a lot of folks know. Jim Jordan's probably the pick. If this far right group has to pick somebody up, they're going to put up Jim Jordan from Ohio, and he chairs the um, kind of the Justice Committee right now. What will that person have to do? Um, folks are saying that Kevin McCarthy made a lot of promises, and he and he welched on them. Quite frankly, uh, do you expect the next speaker to tr- be a little cautious on making too many promises? Well, the, the, the problem is going to be, it, it, it's not so much the promises. The promise has been made now, and that created a rule set. And what you get back to is this rule set that the caucus, the Republicans, agreed upon. And the most significant rule is the one that we saw used, the rule that let any one member call for a vote on the speaker. That was the rule for hundreds of years, back in the old days. Um, but really, as we got into the modern era, it became a problem. And it really became a problem back when you go back to Representative Boehner, a speaker that somebody threatened. Um, actually, I think it was Mark Meadows, a name that we're seeing now, actually threatened Boehner for the speaker vote. And then Boehner, um, they never had the vote. Boehner resigned. And so following that, when Nancy Pelosi became the speaker, and people may like or dislike Nancy Pelosi, but from a speakership, 
she's given a lot of credit for a long time that she managed with a very small margin because they eliminated that one vote rule. That's going to be the big focus. Um, many are saying that um, that Matt Gates, Representative Gates from Florida, actually violated the Republican caucus rules around that, that he should have had more support, that that shouldn't have been done the way it was done. And I think what you'll see several things. One, whoever takes the job is going to want some assurances that that won't happen again. Otherwise, you can't govern. And number two, you're going to see retribution. There's going to be retribution for those 11 representatives that voted against McCarthy um, and ultimately especially for, um, for Representative Gates. Talking with Scott Hughes, Shreveport political analyst. Scott, going back to what you said a moment ago about five people holding 96% of the, you know, the, the, the representatives hostage, is that a flaw in the system? Um, it, 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 it is and it's not. I, I think, and, and the second thing I said, maybe I didn't expand upon that enough. I think that the intent of that rule was that one person could bring the vote, meaning that if you could get to the vote. Otherwise, the other party could stop it because they usually have a lot of votes as well. But the intent was always not just one person. It was that you had a majority of your caucus, in this case, the Republicans. If there was a need to take a speaker down, you could bring the vote. Um, but you were supposed to, I believe, according to the rules, have come to the caucus conference to do that. And that wasn't done. The rule was put up. One of the interesting things in all of this is that um, that Kevin McCarthy really openly accepted it, didn't challenge it, um, except for the, the, the normal challenging of setting aside, which takes place. It's almost a free vote, which takes place with everything. Um, but he didn't challenge it. He actually appeared that he thought he might win the vote. And um, most of us watching it didn't think he had the vote. At some point, there was a belief that maybe the Democrats would have either not voted. You can vote present, which is sort of like abstaining. And it changes the quorum. But none of that happened. I think in the end, the Democrats had a chance to save McCarthy, and they chose not to. They chose to let the Republicans decide this. Um, mm -hmm. And then you saw what happened. Eleven Republicans said, no, we want a new speaker. And now we're going to enter a period of chaos. It, um, um, Patrick McHenry, the pro tem, has said we're going to take a week. Everybody go home. We'll come back. We'll hold some meetings. We'll see if anybody can campaign. And, now, um, those meetings, Tuesday, Scott, think, uh, um, Mike Johnson, he's in on those meetings. And Representative Gates actually brought Mike Johnson's name up, saying he could support Mike Johnson. How long shot is Mike Johnson for speaker? I, I would think he's a real long shot. And, and to be honest, if Representative Gates is bringing up Matt Johnson, Mike Johnson's name, he's more of a long shot. Um, oh. When you upset 96% of the caucus, I don't think your choice is going to be the one. Now, that's not a negative on our congressman. I think Mike Johnson's very well respected. But I don't, I, I'm going to go out on the limb and say I don't think Mike's going to get this. Now, keep in mind, the whole leadership deck is going to reshuffle. Mike's already on the leadership team. He's always been a supporter of McCarthy. I think you're very likely to see Mike Johnson move up and move well up in the leadership ranks. Hmm. Um, but like I say, Scalise right now is number two. Immerse, Devansky, Jordan, they're right there in that top four or five. Okay. Um, I, I really think you might see one of those win. And you might see Johnson come out of this as like the minority whip the number three spot. He certainly will move up in the ranking. Wow. Now, was, uh, yeah, I know, I know we're up against the clock, but just real quickly, was um, uh, McCarthy's problem, perceived problem that he was not conservative enough? I, I don't know, Mike. I mean, I think if you ask the, the 11, they might think that. I think his perceived problem is at the end of the day, nobody felt they could trust him. 
Um, the Democrats certainly didn't trust him. And then people in his own party said he didn't fulfill what he said he would do. He went and negotiated with Biden. He broke the cap. He didn't follow the rules. So in the end of the day, those that voted against him are going to say they couldn't trust him. But once again, over 200 members of his own party felt comfortable with him. Um, I, I, I think what you're personally seeing is these angel folks just want to blow the whole thing up. They, they, they were mad that the debt ceiling was extended. They were mad that we didn't shut government down. And so now we're going for a new speaker, and it's going to effectively achieve the same thing. It's at mm-hmm. least going to shut government down for a week plus. And we could see several rounds of voting if we can't get um, get to an easy solution. Because remember, this same thing is going to come up next week when they start voting for speaker again. You have to get to 218 right. until someone can get to 218. That includes many of those five people we're talking about. You won't have a speaker. Scott Hughes, thanks for uh, taking time to talk with us this morning and uh, travel safely, sir. Anytime, guys. Thanks. Mm-hmm. 101.7 FM. seven. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarthy on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. I'm looking in my Go Louis Go Vote Louisiana mm-hmm. app. Yep. I think I've got it all filled out. Do you? I You're think, ready to go. I, I think I'm ready to go. Okay. Um, early voting is open, open until Saturday. Mm-hmm. So if somebody wants to early vote, you can go do that. Regular business hours. A um, couple locations here in Shreveport. Mm-hmm. Downtown, directly across from the courthouse. And the, where's that other one? It is on South. The, the library, the Hamilton Branch Library in Burke Coons. Yeah. In southwest Shreveport. So, yeah, you can go by there and vote. And uh, it's... I don't think it's actually on Burt Coons. I maybe somebody shoot me a text, but it's out that way. Just look up the library and, and uh, yeah. go to the Goog, and you can find it. The, I was like, "What the what? <laughs> the Guggenheim? <laughs> no, the Goog. You've never heard my quote. I'm not good at the Goog. <laughs> not good at the Goog. I had to learn it. I remember years ago, a guy I worked with would do quotation mark, such and such, question mark, mm-hmm. quotation mark. But then I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. That's how you have to do it. <laughs> okay. Okay, whatever. I th- but I, I do. I think I've got I think I've got the ballot filled out. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm ready to go. Uh, I'll be glad when it's over. I, I wake up from my nap and I have like 35 messages and uh, I have to try to answer some I can't get to. I apologize if I haven't gotten back to you yet. Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser joining us after the news. 101.7 FM. seven. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and on the Jack Spring Electric yeah. Newsmaker Hotline, Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser joining us. Uh, good morning, Lieutenant Governor. Good morning, my friend. How y'all doing? Well, we're doing well. Thank you so much. Do you have your cape on? Have you saved Mardi Gras? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, I think things are going to work out. I had a good meeting with the mayor. And uh, I believe they're well on the way to all the agreements uh, being signed. And, uh, you know, it was an effort by a lot of people. Stacy with the tourism um, there has done a great job at uh, recruiting some law enforcement to help fill the gap. And I think everything's going to work out. So, uh, so that was that everybody... a big issue of contention is the uh, law enforcement would need post certified officers. Where are those coming from now? 
Well, I believe they have several groups that have agreed to pitch in. I believe they do have state police, uh, and uh, they were still putting the final numbers together. We also offered, if they run short, to let some of our park rangers and museum police, which are post-certified, fill that gap if if things uh, at the last minute, some of the uh, uh, people they have planned don't uh, – don't uh, fill that gap. We will uh, supplement that and help out. So I believe they've, you know, I, I was there to offer my support. Uh, I'm, I was very pleased with the meeting, and, uh, and hopefully they'll get all their agreements signed and things will work out, and we'll be able to have uh, a great Mardi Gras. He's talking about Stacy Brown at mm-hmm. the Commission Co- and Tourist Bureau. Uh, Billy, a couple of weeks ago, this thing kind of got sideways with the mayor saying that you really weren't informed about what was going on. You reached out and said you had sent the mayor an email. He said he hadn't heard from you. So let me be a fly on the wall in the room when you walked in to meet with the mayor. (laughs) How was that? Was it cordial? Did y'all kiss and make up? I mean, did you bring donuts? How did that go? Was it a little awkward? Look, I just went in and said, I'm only here to help. Um, and, And he was very receptive. We had a great meeting. And, uh, and, you know, he went over the steps that needed to happen for him to feel comfortable. And, uh, so we, we, we both wanted the same thing. So I think there was probably some misunderstanding. I was, uh, not informed early on of what was taking place, but I was just concerned that if we changed schedules, uh, anybody that had planned a, a trip, especially since we worked hard to promote internationally, Mardi Gras all over Louisiana. And and once again, I, the, my hat goes off to the crews and the members that work year-round that give us that great tool in our toolbox to promote all over Louisiana. And um, and so I'm, I'm just glad everything worked out and uh, look forward to supporting every effort to, uh, to have the best Mardi Gras ever. So in your understanding, then, when you say worked out, the dates are not going to change? Everything is going to no. roll as scheduled? Uh, that that was my understanding. They still have uh, uh, some things they're working on, some uh, to get the contracts on. But I feel when I left the meeting, I felt everything was well on its way to happening, and schedules uh, being worked out to uh, to keep things on the same dates. Did y'all have any talks about um, it being the mayor not wanting it to be a nighttime parade? Did that come up at all? And and what did you say to him about that? Well, he, he, he was concerned about uh, the length of the parade going into the night and, and the officers covering that, but uh, assured me that he was working that out with the crews to uh, everybody's satisfaction. So um, unless I hear differently, I assumed everything is worked out or working out uh, with, uh, with what the crews agreed to. Uh, and I'll stay in, in touch with both the mayor and the crews if I can offer any further assistance on that. We we have heard from some crew members or captains that said one thing that they weren't happy with is the fact that, like, all of the specialty units are being eliminated from the parades. No no marching bands, no drill units, that, that sort of thing. I didn't have that discussion uh, with either the crews or the uh, mayor. I didn't know that was an issue, so I had not been... I had not heard that. I think that was put in place or is being considered, I don't know that it's signed in stone yet, to shorten the parade so that it it does end by nightfall. But my question with regard to that is, there's a ton of parades in Louisiana that, that roll at night. Why can't we? 
Yeah, I, I didn't have that discussion. And, uh, you know, the night parades are, are, are a different. Uh, they light up. They have all the beautiful lights. So I, I agree with you that uh, we do have them all over Louisiana. Um, I did not get into detail about uh, the exact time it was ending. So uh, I'll be staying in touch with the crews and the mayor, and hopefully everything will work out. Uh, uh, you know, Mardi Gras is such a special time. And when we travel the world and people say they've come here uh, the time of their life and they keep coming back, and that's what I've uh, stressed all over the state to support the local Mardi Gras in every corner of the state because it's such a great tool in our toolbox to get people here. They have an incredible time and they keep coming back and they tell other people. And that word of mouth is what really has helped us grow tourism in every corner of the state. They meet the incredible local people, and they leave with a friend for life. Let me ask you one little short question before we wrap this up. And this is coming to me. I'm sure you've heard it. There are folks in our community that they they want to claim and they want to put out there that our mayor is anti-Mardi Gras. Did you get anything like that from him? I mean, And what do you say to crew members who are saying that? No, I did not get that, you know. Um, I believe he's, he's sincerely concerned about safety and having enough police officers. And I got the impression in that meeting that he was trying to work things out with the crews. And, and I just offered my support and, and stress, as I've said many times, we got to consider uh, to try to make these crews uh, fill their wishes because, and, and do it safely, but they work year-round and put up their own money, and, and, and we don't give enough credit to them and the members that have such a love and passion for what they do, and we get to use that to lure people here from all over the world. And I think if all of the local elected officials and people keep that in mind and, and kind of bend over backwards to help these crews uh, do, do what they do best and put on an incredible show. So as far as uh, Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser and your office is concerned, this is a, uh, a done deal and everything's going to work out. Well, I hope so. And I'll stay in, in touch with the mayor and the crews. And, and if I've got to lend a hand and do anything else I can do, I'm, I'm surely willing to do that. Well, thank you so much for talking with us this morning. Hope you have a, a great rest of your week, sir. And y'all get out and vote early. Honor our veterans by voting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ask everybody to make sure they vote. They expect a low turnout this year, which is pretty incredible, um, knowing there's so much stuff on the ballot. So please get out and vote early. Absolutely. Thank you, Lieutenant Governor. We appreciate you. Thank you. 101.7 FM. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. Okay, so this afternoon, I think it's one twenty hour time. Is that correct? Two twenty, yeah, Eastern. Mm-hmm. There's an emergency alert broadcast going out. It's a test alert. Yeah, but it's going out to all radio stations, television stations, and cell phones mm-hmm. at one time. Yep. This is not a new thing, is it? I mean, we send out emergency alert broadcast tests all the time. I get them every Wednesday. I get them every Wednesday right. on my TV. 
Well, apparently there are some people online that are going nuts over this. Uh-oh. We were sitting on the front porch the other night. My wife said, yeah, uh, somebody that she works with is like, well, they're, they're linking all cell phones in the country. The government is linking all cell phones. Hmm. And I'm like, well, they can... They can do that anyway. It's already done. Yes. Where have you been? But it's already there, done. But let's let's take it to another level. There are actually some there are videos that are going around, and I and I'm not laughing because you know there are some things that have happened that I I, I would imagine whoever posited that it's going to happen was considered nuts. Mm-hmm. But there's a video. There's a woman claiming that this test is going to switch on technology. That's been introduced into people's bodies, and and I'll and I'll, what she says. What? Yeah, she says, and I quote: "The emergency broadcasting system under FEMA is going to be activated." <laughs> and she's looking right in the camera. It's not a test. It's going to be sending these high frequency signals into cell phones, radios, TVs. The intention of activating nanoparticles including graphene oxide oh. that's been injected into our bodies via the COVID vaccine oh. and other methods. So it's, tr- it's, it's, an a- it's, it's turning them on now. And she's... <laughs> I love <Wow>. Ruben. She's <laughs> not the only one. There's another man that says almost the same thing. Uh. Graphene oxide and other nanoparticles have been inserted into billions of human beings around the world. <sighs> Through obvious mediums. Everyone will be affected regardless of status. So we can't like turn off our phones, turn off our cable boxes. Well, there are some saying turn off your phone, you know, before 120. Mm -hmm. Turn it off. Um, So you won't be, uh, these these nano technology won't be activated in your body. I got a message from someone who said, put your phone in the fridge. In a Ziploc bag. <laughs> no, I'm Wrap not putting my foil, phone in a fridge. It in foil and put it in the fridge. No, it's not happening. I'm not doing that. And I, I also, th- I thought this was the X Files music, but it's, uh, it's Halloween. Ooh, oh, even wow. better. Yeah, it's, uh, it's still creepy. Yeah. And it's creepy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Which, boy. by the way, Squirrel, you know they did tests of the film, and audiences were like meh, and the director went back and wrote that on a piano mm. and when they oh, added wow. that music people freaked out <laughs> yeah oh boy I love so, Halloween movies turn off your phone at 120 if you don't want your nano activated phosgene technologies in mm-hmm. your body yeah get ready or you don't want to hear a loud screech <laughs> yeah that's my yeah. issue exactly I'm going to be in the middle of recording <laughs> something <laughs> my dog's going to start barking <laughs> oh <laughs> gosh yeah I forgot about that I'll yeah. be in the middle of a nap can they do this can I call like Congressman or Senator Kennedy do this outside of my nap time please <laughs> I'm sure for Aaron McCarty that, yeah, change exactly. it yeah okay what a one second Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Have you ever eaten boiled owl? No, I have. I'm not interested in eating boiled owl. I think it's, I, it must be tough. It, I've, yes. never, I've never eaten grilled owls, so no. I don't know if, if it's there's illegal a, to eat owls. If there's a good way to prepare owl, 
But <laughs> if you missed that commercial, perhaps, and, and some of our commercials don't run on the stream. So if you're listening on the stream, you might not have right. heard it. Yeah. Um, Senator Kennedy is doing a commercial for one of our um, Senate races for Thomas Presley. And he said, he's tough as a boiled owl. <laughs> I don't know if I want a boiled owl as my senator. <laughs> $3 steak. Okay, I'll take that. He just, his one-liners are just you know, incredible. I said, though, when you enlist Senator Kennedy to do your commercial, you're going to get what you get. You get what you get. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, I mean, we all remember, you can see the videos of him. Remember when he did those commercials, um, campaign videos about, uh, look, if you hate cops just because they're cops, the next time you get in trouble, call a crackhead. <laughs> you can see yeah. that. It's at keelnews.com. But I heard him say, did I just hear him say boiled owl? Tough as a boiled owl. I, You know, would you want to be tough as a boiled owl? Is Heck that a yeah. compliment? I guess it is. Boot, tough as an old boot? I had heard the other thing he said before, tough as a $3 steak. I've heard that before. Yeah. Right. Never a boiled owl. Boiled. I think that's a crime to boil an owl. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to boil an owl. I don't think owl. you boil owls. Okay, whatever. He could have said boiled nutria. That would have Anything, been okay. Yeah. We'll boil a nutria all day. I'm not going to boil an owl. All right, I'm Thomas sorry. Presley. I need to touch Thomas Presley's arm. Let's see how tough he really uh, is. You think that's uh, what he means? I am. I don't know. <laughs> Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike M. McCarty. We're gonna to talk to Scott Hughes next hour about these goings on Capitol Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh Mike uh, Kevin McCarthy no longer speaker of the House. First time a speaker's ever been ousted in US history. They've stepped down before. Right. No one no speaker. Out, no, no yeah. yeah, no speaker's ever been booted. Um it's pretty prominent now as Louisiana's folks rise to the top. Steve, yeah. Steve Scalise still in the mix, it looks like. Um, there were some last night who were saying his uh, he's battling illness, and I think he's in a home, kind of a home stretch now where perhaps he may want it, and he may he may. Yeah, Scott mentioned that in. he's mm-hmm. he, he is actually now uh, lobbying for it. And he's second in command now, so which is exciting be, for would, Louisiana. Yeah, he would be logical, and that would move our own Mike Johnson up the power pole. Uh, Garrett Graves the same because they're mm-hmm. they're both their names have both been mentioned. Uh, even Matt Gates mentioned Mike Johnson's name yesterday during the you know as he was interviewed by the throngs of the media on the steps of the Capitol. He was asked about what names, you know, who would he support? And he said, I could support blah, 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 blah. I could also support Mike Johnson of Louisiana. And I thought, wow. Wow. That's exciting. Now, I did text Congressman Johnson last night. Um, Now, they're in the midst of this. And so he, I haven't heard back from him because he's on that conference. He's in that conference group that held, you know, late night meetings. They're Mm -hmm. trying to iron this out Mm -hmm. and uh, figure out who's going to be able to 
you know, bridge the gap, bring things together. You know, the Republicans have a majority, but if you have some that are willing yeah, to... Yeah, but it's a razor-thin majority. Yeah, yeah. And you have some willing to buck that and, and go with the Democrats, yeah. as they did in this McCarthy vote. Um, you know, the Democrats are, you know... I don't even want to admit this, but I watched a little bit of CNN last night. They might as well have served popcorn. <laughs> All the Democrats they had coming through there and they were interviewing them, it was like they were eating popcorn. It was like, oh, we're just sitting back eating our popcorn watching this stuff. They were loving every minute of this. And they even talked about, I, I heard a couple of them say, um, you know, this might open the door for Hakeem Jeffries to be speaker. A Democrat. No, it's not opening that door. That's not going to happen. You're not going to have any Republicans cross over and go, we'll, we'll take a Democratic speaker. That's not going to happen. Well, the speaker pro tem is Patrick McHenry. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of his first official duties was kicking Nancy Pelosi out of her fancy office. Oh, they trashed him over that. They trashed him. That was the that. first thing he did. They thought that was too soon, dude. Yeah. Too soon. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, it it's, made me laugh. It's fun to watch. It's uh, it's historic. There's no doubt about it. And we'll yeah, see. This, these these are uh, uncharted waters, mm-hmm. as they say. Yeah. So it it is interesting. I don't know. Yeah. You know, is it a good thing or a bad thing? How much business did they accomplish yesterday? Well, are they taking care of the deficit? Are they fixing crime? What are they doing up there? Good point. <sighs> Micah McCarty, 1017F. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017FM and 710 Keel. I just learned everything I need to know about Ruben. <laughs> everything. Well, it, it, it's not a surprise to me. It was to me. I asked you guys, what was your favorite movie when you were a kiddo? When you were a little tyke. Now see... As as a kid, you say as a kid, mm-hmm. for us, you and I, it, movies weren't accessible. Oh no, like yeah. they are now. No, and I remember Swiss Family Robinson changed oh, my life. Swiss, oh my gosh, it changed my life. I thought that was the coolest movie, and Sound of Music. Those were the two. I mean, I just but absolutely. those were those were films that came on like once a year mm-hmm. on television. Yes. And, you know, obviously we didn't have even VHS movies right. or DVDs. Mm-hmm. Not, we didn't have 600 cable channels. I made my dad build me a treehouse for that. And I wanted to sleep in the tree. I, you know, I, I wanted to be a tree kid. I remember they had a Swiss Family Robinson display at Disneyland. Oh, yeah. And it mm-hmm. was the big treehouse, you know, and it was so cool. And, but I was so disappointed. It was plastic. Yeah. You know, yeah. it wasn't, I was just like, wait a minute. And I remember that st- struck me as a little disingenuous. And we are so reason. dating ourselves because we know, are old. I know. But So we posed the question to them, are you a millennial? I guess. I we posed know. the question to our millennial <laughs> in the room who promptly said his favorite movie when he was a kiddo was what? Uh, first Blood, Stallone. The first <laughs> Rambo movie. <laughs> now, how old are you watching First surprised. Blood? Five, something like that. You were watching First Blood when you were five? Oh, yeah. Okay, was your dad, like, um, mom, to, like, like not in the room? 
Did you watch Scarface when you <laughs> no, were not six? Scar- no, not Scarface. Scarface was an eight. <laughs> <laughs> Say hello to my little friend. Well, really, when you look back at, at First Blood, the, really it's just violence. There's there's oh, hardly, there's hardly okay. any swearing. There's no sexual content. Nothing like that. So it's, it's, it's just, perfectly so it's fine. Okay. Perfectly it's fine okay. for a five-year-old to watch. Shooting somebody's head off with an AK-47. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So no Disney stuff for you? And It was very, uh, not until my sister was born. I, it, that's when I remember the Disney stuff coming into play other than that it was like invincible armor with jet lee all the kung fu movies and stuff <laughs> oh my gosh i now i See, know I think everything your dad I, and i would get along great <laughs> i should have known this like five or six seven years ago ruben now i know everything about you now first i know why blood. you are who you are rambo first, did you first blood blood rambo and how many times did you watch it oh a hundred times God, you know the lines. You could cite lines and all that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, my gosh, that's crazy. And your dad would so, watch with you. Sure. Mm, what movie, do you have a movie, like, memorized? You could quote every um, line or every scene. It's because of my kids, and it's um, the, the Little Rascals movie. Oh, really? Yeah, the yeah. kids. Because okay. my kids watch that one over and over and over again. And I brought that up the other day with my oldest in front of a young lady that he was with. And... <laughs> He started quoting the movie. Right. He started quoting the movie. It was like, okay, yeah, he knows the whole dang movie. I, there's two right off the top of my head. Uh, Fletch. I can mm-hmm. quote you the entire yeah. original Fletch movie. And, uh, well, and I know we're up, up against it. Uh, the Jerk. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's good. <laughs> the, that's the a good movie. one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning, uh, Shreveport political analyst Scott Hughes. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, Mike and Aaron. You're on the road this morning? I am taking care of some business. Yes, I'm driving down in South Louisiana. Well, thank you for uh, taking time to safely pull over and talk with us, telling us what in the world is going on in Washington, D.C. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it's going to depend 100% on your politics. I think for most of America, this is viewed as a very bad thing. Even for most Republicans, this is viewed as a very bad thing. It's actually something we've never seen before. We've had a couple of moments where a speaker got pressed and they resigned. We've had um, one time, I believe, in the history where a speaker vote came up, and that was Representative Cannon over 100 years ago. But that speaker has a building named after them in Washington, the Cannon Office Building. I don't think we're going to see the McCarthy office building. So Matt Gates kind of led the charge. What brought all this on? I, I think that this is really no surprise for those of us that had followed Washington. What brought this on is, is that we had, to be honest, if you go all the way back, the Republicans underperformed in the last election cycle. Sure. They were supposed to be a red wave. Right. They were supposed to have a big working majority when that didn't happen. They ended up with a small little trickle and hit the shore, and they had this five or six vote margin that they're working with in Congress. And when that happens, that means that an ultra minority of the party, in this case, five people can team with the Democrats and prevent anyone from getting the 218 votes. And when that happens, it makes, and I think, I think Representative McCarthy um, addressed this last night. He said, you get a situation where 96% of the party is powerless. They're held captive by 4%. And this is one of those weird moments where 
that happened because you don't expect the Democrats to bail out the Republican speaker. Okay, who is next? We hear a lot of talk, Steve Scalise. Then you hear some folks say, no, he he doesn't want it because he's battling some health issues right now. You hear uh, Mike Johnson's name was tossed out, Garrett Graves' name, so many names. What happens now? How does one person build a coalition? Well, and I think that's what you're going to see take place over the next week, apparently now. Um, following 9-11, they have a new set of rules, and the existing speaker turns a list in of who would, who could be the speaker pro tem um, if something were to happen. In this case, it's Patrick McHenry from North Carolina. That was the gentleman with the bow tie last night that um, A-plus for, for hammering the gavel. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a gavel hammer like that. But Patrick McHenry will be the speaker pro tem through this process. He is being considered. I think that he does have a lot of respect. Um, I think he, he worked a lot, apparently, on the um, – on the budget tap recently, bill that came up, those negotiations. So he'll be on the list. I think Steve Scalise is on the list. I did actually hear last night that Representative Scalise is making phone calls. I think he does want this. His medical condition has been well documented. He is recovered. Um, and I do think that you will see Representative Scalise uh, make a try for this. If he does make that try, I think that, that, that blocks out all the other Louisiana representatives um, right now. The other major names you're going to hear are Tom Emmer. Um, Tom is the majority whip right now. That's the person that kind of counts the votes. Um, Scalise is number two in the Republicans right now. Um, he's from Minnesota, Emmer. You have um, Elise um, Stavankic. She's from New, New York. She currently chairs the uh, Republican um, convention. And then Jim Jordan, a name that a lot of folks know. Jim Jordan's probably the pick if this far right group has to pick somebody up. They're going to put up Jim Jordan from Ohio, and he chairs the um, kind of the Justice Committee right now. What will that person have to do? Um, folks are saying that Kevin McCarthy made a lot of promises and he and he welched on them, quite frankly. Uh, do you expect the next speaker to tr- be a little cautious on making too many promises? Well, the, the, the problem's going to be, it, it, it's not so much the promises. The promises have been made now, and that created a rule set. And what you get back to is this rule set that the caucus, the Republicans, agreed upon. And the most significant rule is the one that we saw used, the rule that let any one member call for a vote on the speaker. That was the rule for hundreds of years, back in the old days. Um, but really, as we got into the modern era, it became a problem. And it really became a problem back when you go back to Representative Boehner, a speaker that somebody threatened. Um, actually, I think it was Mark Meadows, a name that we're seeing now, actually threatened Boehner for the speaker vote. And then Boehner, um, they never had the vote. Boehner resigned. And so following that, when Nancy Pelosi became the speaker, and people may like or dislike Nancy Pelosi, but from a speakership, she's given a lot of credit for a long time that she managed with a very small margin because they eliminated that one-vote rule. That's going to be the big focus. Um, many are saying that um, that Matt Gates, Representative Gates from Florida, actually violated the Republican caucus rules around that, that he should have had more support, that that shouldn't have been done the way it was done. And I think what you'll see several things. One, Whoever takes the job is going to want some assurances that that won't happen again. Otherwise, you can't govern. And number two, you're going to see retribution. There's going to be retribution for those 11 representatives that voted against McCarthy um, and ultimately especially for um, for Representative Gates. Talking with Scott Hughes, Shreveport political analyst. Scott, going back to what you said a moment ago about five people holding 96% of the, you know, the, the, the 
representatives hostage. Is that a flaw in the system? Um, it, 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 it is and it's not. I, I think, and, and the second thing I said, maybe I didn't expand upon that enough. I think that the intent of that rule was that one person can bring the vote, meaning that if you could get to the vote. Otherwise, the other party could stop it because they usually have a lot of votes as well. But the intent was always not just one person. It was that you had a majority of your caucus, in this case, the Republicans. If there was a need to take a speaker down, you could bring the vote. Uh, but you were supposed to, I believe, according to the rules, have come through the caucus conference to do that. And that wasn't done. The rule was put up. One of the interesting things in all of this is that, um, that Kevin McCarthy really openly accepted it, didn't challenge it, um, except for the, the, the normal challenging of setting aside, which takes place. It's almost a free vote, which takes place with everything. Um, but he didn't challenge it. He actually appeared that he thought he might win the vote. And um, most of us watching it didn't think he had the vote. At some point, there was a belief that maybe the Democrats would have either not voted. You can vote present, which is sort of like abstaining, and it changes the quorum. But none of that happened. I think in the end, the Democrats had a chance to save McCarthy, and they chose not to. They chose to let the Republicans decide this. Um, mm -hmm. And then you saw what happened. Eleven Republicans said, no, we want a new speaker. And now we're going to enter a period of chaos. That, um, um, Patrick McHenry, the pro tem, has said we're going to take a week. Everybody go home. We'll come back. We'll hold some meetings. We'll see if anybody can campaign. And, now, um, those meetings, Tuesday, Scott, um, Mike Johnson, he's in on those meetings, and Representative Gates actually brought Mike Johnson's name up, saying he could support Mike Johnson. How long shot is Mike Johnson for Speaker? I, I would think he's a real long shot. And, and to be honest, if Representative Gates is bringing up Matt Johnson, Mike Johnson's name, he's more of a long shot. Um, oh. When you upset 96% of the caucus, I don't think your choice is going to be the one. Now, that's not a negative on our congressman. I think Mike Johnson's very well respected. But I don't, I, I'm going to go out on the limb and say I don't think Mike's going to get this. Now, keep in mind, the whole leadership deck is going to reshuffle. Mike's already on the leadership team. He's always been a supporter of McCarthy. I think you're very likely to see Mike Johnson move up and move well up in the leadership ranks. Hmm. Um, but like I say, Scalise right now is number two. Emmers, Devansky, Jordan, they're right there in that top four or five. Okay. Um, I, I really think you might see one of those win. And you might see Johnson come out of this as like the minority whip the number three spot. He certainly will move up in the ranking. Wow. Now, was, uh, yeah, I know, I know we're up against the clock, but just real quickly, was um, uh, McCarthy's problem, perceived problem that he was not conservative enough? I, I don't know, Mike. I mean, I think if you ask the, the 11, they might think that. I think his perceived problem is at the end of the day, nobody felt they could trust him. Um, the Democrats certainly didn't trust him. And then people in his own party said he didn't fulfill what he said he would do. He went and negotiated with Biden. He broke the cap. He didn't follow the rules. So in the end of the day, those that voted against him are going to say they couldn't trust him. But once again, over 200 members of his own party felt comfortable with him. Um, I, 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 get, I think what you're personally seeing is you're saying some folks just want to blow the whole thing up. They, they, they were mad that the debt ceiling was extended. They were mad that we didn't shut government down. And so now we're going for a new speaker, and it's going to effectively achieve the same thing. It's at mm -hmm. least going to shut government down for a week plus, and we could see several rounds of voting if we can't get um, get to an easy solution. Because remember, this same thing is going to come up next week when they start voting for speaker again. You have to get to 218 right. until someone can get to 218. That includes many of those five people 
we're talking about, you won't have a speaker. Scott Hughes, thanks for uh, taking time to talk with us this morning and uh, travel safely, sir. Anytime, guys. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. So, a little late to be making the announcement now, but apparently there are a couple schools that are closed mm-hmm. today. Yeah, Caddo Magnet High and uh, Magnolia Charter School, the water pressure is too low. Uh, so the city's working to get that back up and going. But right now, it looks like the, they've had to shut those schools down. So if you live in that Stoner Hill area in that neighborhood, um, the water pressure is very, very low, and it's impacting that that area. Crews are working on it, trying to get it back up and going. Yeah, actually, you you don't you don't think about that because Magnolia is on the Clyde Fan Parkway mm-hmm. there. Yep, but it really is close to Magnet. Oh. High school, it's just right yeah. behind it. That's true. Very close. In the Very same close. area. So there. they get they they get the same water service, and yeah. apparently, if you're in that area, it's a bit of a problem. So watch out. Right. We'll we'll keep you posted on that. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser joined us earlier today, talking about Arklatex North Louisiana Mardi Gras. He's next. One hundred one seven. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on one hundred one seven FM and seven ten Keel. I remember my mom. My mom would a lot of when we were growing up. A, a, a huge portion of my childhood was single mom, and she would eat cottage cheese. Blech. No, and and <laughs> no, and we had we had grape nuts cereal mm-hmm. in the house. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess it was healthy. I don't know. That's what we thought. That's I, what they thought. I, no, I'm not. No. When I bought my, when I bought, when I, when I got my first apartment, when I moved out, I had Frosted Flakes and Captain Crunch, baby. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I couldn't get this growing up. No more oh. cardboard flakes. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I don't know what grape nuts were made out of. I don't, I don't know. Psyllium, I What guess? that is. Uh, I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> it's just solid fiber. It's just it's little, little, little bitty rocks. That's just not good. <laughs> what did you, did you really say something a minute ago? A, is it started raining? It's a little sprinkly outside no, right raining. now. Yeah. No, it's oh, not. Oh, is it full on raining now? It's, I'm looking at, well. I had, to, I had to go out and roll my windows up. Did you actually say 49? <gasps> Saturday night. You're lying. Low of 40, high Saturday is 72. Ooh. Clear like now. The revel is looking at rain today and tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I was I was gonna see if the missus wanted to go to lunch today at the revel, but it looks like it's gonna be raining mm-hmm. possibly. But but they got a great weekend in front of them. They do this one day of oh, rain, and then after that, clear home and free, cool, cool weather. That is, and 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 you know the state fair no is cottage going, cheese at the rebel. Yeah, no good food, and oh. the state fair people are going. God bless America. Yeah, because <laughs> you every know every year, if the, every year, if the Aaron. rebel gets this beautiful weather, you know the state fair weather is going to be. Ugh. Yeah, today and tomorrow the state fair is going. Yeah, welcome to our world. Right, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Maybe it won't happen. Maybe it'll be wonderful. 
Is is there any? I, I don't guess there's any way to like move it to a less rainy time of year because mm. that's just what happens in uh, yeah. October and November. I, I doubt it. I doubt it. I but uh, it's great for the revel and forty nine. That can't be. Yeah, I got to be in my swimsuit on Saturday. What the heck? Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser joined us earlier talking about North Louisiana. Mardi Gras. We'll talk to him next. One one. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on one zero one seven FM and seven ten Keel. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and on the Jack Spring Electric yeah. Newsmaker Hotline, Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser joining us. Uh, good morning, Lieutenant Governor. Good morning, my friend. How y'all doing? Well, we're doing well. Thank you so much. Do you have your cape on? Have you saved Mardi Gras? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, I think things are going to work out. I had a good meeting with the mayor, and. Uh, I believe they're well on the way to all the agreements uh, being signed. And, uh, you know, it was an effort by a lot of people. Stacy with the tourism um, there has done a great job at uh, recruiting some law enforcement to help fill the gap. And I think everything's going to work out. So, uh, so that was a big issue of contention is the uh, law enforcement would need post certified officers. Where are those coming from now? Well, I believe they have several groups that have agreed to pitch in. I believe they do have state police, uh, and uh, they were still putting the final numbers together. We also offered, if they run short, to let some of our park rangers and museum police, which are post-certified, fill that gap if, if things uh, at the last minute, some of the uh, uh, people they have planned don't uh, – don't uh, fill that gap. We will uh, supplement that and help out. So I believe they've, you know, I, I was there to offer my support. Uh, I'm, I was very pleased with the meeting, and uh, and hopefully they'll get all their agreements signed and things will work out, and we'll be able to have uh, a great Mardi Gras. He's talking about Stacy Brown at mm-hmm. the Commission Co- and Tourist Bureau. Uh, Billy, a couple of weeks ago, this thing kind of got sideways with the mayor saying that you really weren't informed about what was going on you reached out and said you had sent the mayor an email he said he hadn't heard from you so let me be a fly on the wall in the room when you walked in to meet with the mayor how was that was it cordial did y'all kiss and make up i mean did you bring donuts how did that go was it a little awkward look i just went in and said i'm only here to help um and and he was very receptive we had a great meeting and, uh, and, you know, he went over the steps that needed to happen for him to feel comfortable. And, uh, so we, we, we both wanted the same thing. So I think there was probably some misunderstanding. I was, uh, not informed early on of what was taking place, but I was just concerned that if we changed schedules, uh, anybody that had planned a, a trip, especially since we worked hard to promote internationally, Mardi Gras all over Louisiana. And, and once again, I, my hat goes off to the crews and the members that work year round that give us that great tool in our toolbox to promote all over Louisiana. And, um, and so I'm, I'm just glad everything worked out and, uh, look forward to supporting every effort to, uh, to have the best Mardi Gras ever. So in your understanding, then when you say worked out, the dates are not going to change. Everything is going to no. roll as scheduled. 
I, that that was my understanding. They still have uh, uh, some things they're working on some uh, to get the contracts on, but I feel when I left the meeting, I felt everything was well on its way to happening and schedules uh, being worked out to uh, to keep things on the same dates. Did y'all have any talks about um, it being the mayor not wanting it to be a nighttime parade? Did that come up at all? And, and what did you say to him about that? Well, he, he, he was concerned about uh, the length of the parade going into the night and, and the officers covering that, but uh, assured me that he was working that out with the crews to uh, everybody's satisfaction. So um, unless I hear differently, I assumed everything is worked out or working out uh, with uh, with what the crews agreed to. Uh, and I'll stay in, in touch with both the mayor and the crews if I can offer any further assistance on that. We we have heard from some crew members or captains that said one thing that they weren't happy with is the fact that like all of the specialty units are being eliminated from the parades. No no marching bands, no drill units, that that sort of thing. I didn't have that discussion uh, with either the crews or the uh, mayor. I didn't know that was an issue, so I had not been. I had not heard that. I think that was put in place or is being considered, I don't know that it is signed in stone yet, to shorten the parade so that it it does end by nightfall. But my question with regard to that is, there's a ton of parades in Louisiana that, that roll at night. Why can't we? Yeah, I, I didn't have that discussion. And, uh, you know, the night parades are, are, are a different. Uh, they light up. They have all the beautiful lights. So I, I agree with you that uh, we do have them all over Louisiana. Um, I did not get into detail about uh, the exact time it was ending. So uh, I'll be staying in touch with the crews and the mayor, and hopefully everything will work out. Uh, uh, You know, Mardi Gras is such a special time. And when we travel the world and people say they've come here, uh, the time of their life, and they keep coming back. And that's what I've... uh, stressed all over the state to support the local Mardi Gras in every corner of the state because it's such a great tool in our toolbox to get people here to have an incredible time and they keep coming back and they tell other people and that word of mouth is what really has helped us grow tourism in every corner of the state they meet the incredible local people and they leave with a friend for life let me ask you one little short question before we wrap this up and this is coming to me I'm sure you've heard it there are folks in our community that they they want to claim and they want to put out there that our mayor is anti Mardi Gras. Did you get anything like that from him? I mean, and what do you say to crew members who are saying that? No, I did not get that. You know, um, I believe he's he's sincerely concerned about safety and having enough police officers. And I got the impression in that meeting that he was trying to work things out with the crews. And, and I just offered my support and, and stress, as I've said many times, we got to consider uh, to try to make these crews uh, fill their wishes because and, and do it safely. But they work year-round and put up their own money. And, and, and we don't give enough credit to them and the members that have such a love and passion for what they do. And we get to use that to lure people here from all over the world. And I think... If all of the local elected officials and people keep that in mind and, and kind of bend over backwards to help these crews uh, do, do what they do best and put on an incredible show.
So as far as uh, Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser and your office is concerned, this is a, uh, a done deal and everything's going to work out. Well, I hope so. And I'll stay in, in touch with the mayor and the crews. And, and if I've got to lend a hand and do anything else I can do, I'm, I'm surely willing to do that. Well, thank you so much for talking with us this morning. Hope you have a, a great rest of your week, sir. And y'all get out and vote early. Honor our veterans by voting. Mm-hmm. Um, I ask everybody to make sure they vote. They expect a low turnout this year, which is pretty incredible, um, knowing there's so much stuff on the ballot. So please get out and vote early. Absolutely. Thank you, Lieutenant Governor. We appreciate you. Thank you. 101.7 FM, 710 Kiel. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Kiel. Okay, I, d- I don't understand something. Today is National Taco Day. God, I'm here to be celebrated. Okay. Why isn't it on Tuesday? Yes. Oh, because I'm Mexican, I make all the rules. Well, so we had to get our expert to yes, come in right. and Chica's explain here. to us mm-hmm. why National Taco Day is on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So let's just get this straight. White so people sweet. make the national days. So if the Mexicans were in charge of making the national days, we'd obviously have it on a taco day. Like, we'd have it on a taco Tuesday. Okay. We make MLK day? Um, Yeah, y'all made that, too. Y'all made Cesar Chavez Day, too. (laughs) Don't go there, please. Yeah, y'all did that, too. I'm telling you. Cesar Chavez Day. I'm just saying, today is a beautiful day because today nobody can tell me nothing. Okay, is is it against your insides of everything that you're about because I love these, that you would use those tacos that have a flat bottom so they stand up. <laughs> what? You know those Crispy, flat bottom yes. those flat bottom tacos so they stand up on the plate? That's against your religion, isn't it? No, I think tacos in any form, I'm very like, I'm I'm all tacos matter, you know? Okay. Like, I, but I do, I do have a problem with white people taco night. I don't think you guys should be allowed to call it that. You know, like, for example, what's your favorite type of tortilla? Are we going to have to edit this okay, out, wait Ruben? a minute. Let me just say real quick. My mom asked me last week, what do you want for your birthday dinner? And I said, homemade tacos. And let me guess, oh. ground beef and flour tortillas. No, ground beef and the crispy taco shells. Why <laughs> people taco night. Yeah, y'all. Exactly. And so, wait, real quick, our last I know. We have I... one minute. What's your tie? Do you make a taco? What's my what? How do you make a taco? You got one oh minute. Oh, my gosh. Listen, you can make anything a taco. This is why my last boyfriend and I broke up, because he said, <laughs> you need to make every meal with a tortilla. I said, yeah, tortilla is like hugging. Tortillas your, your, are awesome. Yeah, exactly. So like what's inside your flour? taco? If for your Inside greatest, my taco? What's inside your inside, greatest taco? In my greatest taco. What's inside my greatest taco? Oof, you know what? I'd pick the Key Mexico taco. Do La really? Gringa, that one's really good. What's it's, in um, it? It's melted cheese with some pork, cilantro, onion, some spicy oh. sauce. I'm just saying, my taco's delicious. So does, it, does it say I'm really white that I like flour tortillas better than corn tortillas? No, 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 no. But do you know why you like us? The way I said you know, yeah, I know it's turning me on, Mike. Oh. Do you know why us Latinas though love white boys? Oh. oh, we cannot go there. Because your back looks just like a flour tortilla. <laughs> we got to stop. We're done. Like, yes, Bobby, we're done. What? What's wrong? Get the hook. Where's I'm the gong? Get her out of here. Okay. Get her- you're not going to oh. wish me a national, happy national happy taco. Happy national, national taco, taco Wednesday. Moon Griffon coming next. <laughs> 101.7 FM, 